0: The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Bobby Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In.
2: You have always been a voice of reason through all of this.
1: Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice and doesn't work at all.
0: You are definitely not
3: inept by any means.
1: I like to hear women say that about me.
3: Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it.
1: I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do.
3: Okay. Well, thanks.
2: That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. i glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you
0: don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. High-definition
1: radio. Bulkertudinous, mellifluous, pugnacious, vicissitude. That's high-definition. One thing, though, is I, 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 I get a little uneasy around people who who try to use big words just to sound... More photosynthesis, especially if they don't know what the words mean. Good to have you with me. It's Dr. Ray Grandy, the program doctor is in. Number of the program, let's get right to it. 877-573-7825. 877-57-equal. Put it in three little chunks of memory. 877 equal If you would like to call to be on to the program. A lot of reasons. Your own being on the program me i'm here just because well it's my job and i like being with you a lot i learn an awful lot from you your reasons can be questioned about circumstances situations people frustrations anything really in life that doesn't really narrow it down all that much i've been a psychologist for a long time and uh Many of the things that the folks call in here about I can't do therapy with, but I've certainly dealt with them at some level in my previous days wherever I worked as a consultant or as a person in the schools or private practice. So 877-57-EQUAL, that is the number to call to get onto the program. For the longest time, I resisted terribly about getting on social media like Facebook. But I had a friend who I met many, many years ago. I had done a, (laughs) it was an infomercial about some parenting stuff. And at that time, she was pretty secular. Hadn't heard from her for many, many, many years. And then I got an email from her. She was very competent in uh, media. And she had returned to the church, very faithful Catholic, mother of four, she asked about social media. I said, I don't I don't have one. And I've resisted it. I resisted it because I just like I don't want to. Tell you. Here I am eating a sandwich. Just a, I, I look at the young people's social medias and I, I am just I'm stunned. Selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie, which say, Look at me, look at me, look at me, aren't I special? Look at me. Now I know there are those of you thinking, Oh, come on, Dr. Ray, you're being kind of harsh. These are people just trying to share their lives with their friends. And I got that part of it. But I'll tell you what. Count the number of pictures that basically are me, 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 me. Never mind. So I that was, that was my own personal resistance. And she convinced me. She said, okay, do this. See what you can do to, to offer ideas about living, about psychology, about faith, about raising children. I said, so you mean to help people? She said, yeah, that's one avenue to do that. Okay. All right. Then I found out something interesting. Here and there, every so often, I put something up personal. I showed a picture of me holding my, my latest grandson. Oh, my gosh. That's just got all kinds of response. Then a couple years ago, my wife and I shared a birthday, and I showed a picture of me and my wife. That got like Thousands of responses. And I thought, wow. I, I guess, I, you know, I told her, I said, I don't want to do a whole lot of that stuff. My son came to me and he said, Dad, you got to be on Instagram. I said, oh, took me long enough to get used to being on Facebook. I said, said, no, Instagram is a different different audience. Generally tends to be a younger audience than Facebook. I said, okay, okay. So we started Instagram not all that long ago, a few months back. One of the posts that we put up, he takes things from the TV show or he'll take something from maybe a speaking engagement or something and he'll put up, and the thing about Instagram is, what, it's 45 seconds, something like that, very quick. Put up a post that I I don't know where it's at right now and I never would have gauged this, but the last I saw it, it was 170,000 views. You know what it was? It was taken from the TV show where I talked about if someone in a marriage has an adulterous relationship and they sincerely regret it and they're either discovered or they are very contrite and they want to repair their marriage and they want to move forward. how often they underestimate the damage it did. More often than not, in therapy, it comes from guys. They'll come in for marital counseling, And they will say, you know, this happened and it's been three months now and my wife is still wary and cold and she still is unsure of my whereabouts and I've said I'm sorry, come on, let's get back to normal. And I tell these guys, I said, hey, you radically underestimated the damage that did. For whatever the reason, and I don't know why that particular reel, they call them I guess, went so viral is it must have t- it touched something with a lot of people and i hate to think it's because there's so many adulterous relationships out there but that is a phenomenon i've seen over and over and over again which is if you do something like that in a marriage be prepared And I tell this to whomever did it. You be prepared to do whatever you have to do for as long as you have to do it to repair that relationship. Oftentimes what will happen, and this is sometimes what breaks the marriage up, it wasn't the adulterous affair. It was the person who did the affair who's getting frustrated because things aren't returning to normal as quickly as they would like them to be. Come on, it's been four months. When are you going to stop being suspicious of me? It's been four months. When are you When are you going to forgive me? When are you going to say that we can be affectionate again? They feel like they're being punished. I'm being punished. How long am I going to pay? That's a a common thing I hear. How long am I going to have to pay for this? Well, depends. You may have a spouse that wants to get back to normal as quickly as possible. Or you may have a spouse that you don't realize what you did to their self-confidence, to their feeling of being loved, to their feeling of trust. You totally underestimated it, dramatically so. And if you want that marriage to work, you realize how foolish you were, how dumb, short-sighted, and immoral you were. And now you're realizing it because you're seeing the reaction of your spouse. You better say to yourself, I'll do whatever I have to do, obviously within reason to let this heal so that's the one and I I mean obviously I said it in a lot shorter period of time than I just said this but that's the one that just went crazy in terms of viewers still gone, by the way These people are still sharing it so it must have touched a chord with a lot of folk 877 877- seven three seven eight two five eight seven seven fifty seven equal is the number to call to get on to the program I appreciate the company very much mr. dr. ray underwritten in
4: part by the following nonprofit
5: do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything even things you don't believe in there are options you can join solidarity Health Share, a faith-based health sharing community plus Solidarity Health Share can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families.
0: Call to
1: see how much you can save. 844 398 9399. That's 844 398 9399.
6: We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful, all that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's a judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio.
7: The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The devil will always do his best to tempt you into sin until you get to that place where you love sin. That's what he wants. He wants you down there with him. And not because he loves you, he hates you. When you do what the enemy tempts you to do, he does it out of pure hatred.
5: EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic.
1: for joining me, Dr. Edgar Edney, program Doctors In, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Mary is uh, going to say something that I will have to disavow, uh, because if I were to accept what she said, then that would knock me out of the running. Hi, Mary. Hello. You said you think well, I'll win the Humility Award this year?
4: I think you're off to a really good start.
1: What do you base that on?
4: Your comment that you learn from us just like we learn from you.
1: I learn a lot more from you than you learn from me because keeping in mind, I already know what I know, so I can't learn from me. (laughs) But what you tell me, I can think, wow, I hadn't thought of that. That's a good one.
4: I thought you were just going to say, I already know all everything.
1: <laughs> well, that's what people think, Mary. They
4: do think that. I,
1: when I get these emails and people will say, "Okay, what do I do here?" It's as though they're thinking there's a formula for all situations. And so much of it depends upon judgment. It depends upon knowing the details. It depends upon massive factors. But anyway, you are calling from We have a West we have some West Virginia affiliates. I know we do, right?
4: Yeah,
1: St. Paul. St. Paul's. What, uh, what town is that out of?
4: Um, well, there's like Parkersburg and Vienna, and I'm actually a Marietta girl. You might know me by a different name.
1: <laughs> I do, if I thought so. <laughs> Recognize that voice. Busted.
4: Busted. Well, you know, it's interesting. Well,
1: I... when, you, when you sent me that picture of Kenny Baker, do um, you remember that?
4: No, Kenny Baker. No, maybe Maybe That's that me wasn't
1: not... me. Maybe it wasn't you.
4: No, Kenny Baker I don't was know, a
1: bass player I used to play with years ago when we, when we played oh, it. Oh, yes,
4: and, I did. Oh, my gosh, yes.
1: yeah. And uh, and Kenny was one of the best bass players. He was tremendous. I don't know if he still plays, but he was tremendous.
4: Well, I remember his story that he remembered you going on an early date with your now wife and how excited you were that you could barely stand it. And I don't know. Oh, he's
1: exaggerating. He's exaggerating. (laughs) Did you borrow
4: a truck? (laughs) Well, you know, speaking of marriage, um, you remember Dr. Phil. He used to be kind of okay back in the day, the early days. But one thing he said that kind of plays off of what you're talking about, he said that when there is infidelity, that that spouse needs to be where they're supposed to be, with whom they're supposed to be, and at what time they're supposed to be. And he really did stress that it is going to take a lot of time, and you just have to be perfect, like forever, (laughs) and that it's worth it, especially when you have children, and you need to do all you can to protect and save that marriage, especially if you're the one that's offended the other person. Um, Something that Dr. Phil did not say, but I know to be true, is um, an hour of adoration sure doesn't hurt either.
1: Oh, he'd never say that.
4: No, not yet. I'm working on it.
1: Well, the interesting thing, Mary, (laughs) is that, and it's hard for me to call you Mary because I know your real name. But the interesting, (laughs) the interesting thing is uh, how many spouses get angry that it's not it's not moving along fast enough. To where they do, they they it's it's it's, yeah, I know it is, and I'm thinking. Okay, they, they view it as, you're punishing me by dragging this out. Right. I know.
4: And I know there's retrovi, a lot of people get something good out of that, That you know, the Catholic program for, uh, you know, a troubled marriage, mm-hmm. retrovi. Well, I didn't go to
1: retrovi, but I, 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 we went, my wife and I were considering a marriage encounter weekend, but I couldn't make it, so I told her, honey, you go, take notes, <laughs> And then I'm gonna I'm gonna write the letter that you would write to me, and then you just sign it.
4: That's, That's beautiful. Yeah, I know. I'm, hey,
1: I'm kind of I'm a warm kind of guy that way.
4: Hey, Doctor Ray, don't you do a marriage cruise or something?
1: Yeah, we got it coming up here in about three weeks. It's called the Good News what? Marriage Cruise. That's yeah, sold out. Uh, Father uh-huh. Mike Schmitz is there. Teresa Tommy is there. Al's there. Myself. Um, they got about 800 couples. It's uh, it's pretty cool. And I actually got my wife w- willing to go along. She never was really all that interested in cruises, but uh, we had a good time. We spent most. I spend most of my time in the Windjammer buffet. That's where I go. I just throw out an anchor and hang up there for four <laughs> hours, and they come over. You know how people on cruises are really sweet people. Well, they come over to me yeah. and say, "Sir, could you please leave? You've been. Can you go now? We're cleaning up." <laughs> they get upset when you pull your they get upset when you pull your chair up to the buffet. They don't like that. I figured it out. That's not something they appreciate. Um,
4: well you surprise that you surprise them because you're a very sick guy. You you pump iron what every other day or maybe daily and you're very trim. So it's very unsuspecting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I try to be a professional eater. You know, we used to say in the weight room that the forty five pound plates if you can do six plates, that's three plates on each side of the bar. The bar is forty five pounds and you do uh three plates on each side, that's three hundred and fifteen pounds, okay? So we'd say, Can you do three plates on the bench? And that's what you what you would shoot for. And I, I fell just short of that at three ten. So then the only way I can do six plates now is at the buffet. That's where I'll do six plates. <laughs> so.
4: oh, You're now. Tell thank you. Gosh. Thank you
1: for the call, dear. Thank you so much for everything. Okay. I'll talk to you. Happy
4: New- Scotland. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. You know, just a, a thought here on the adulterous relationships. Uh, often what happens, it's a it's a spur for them to come to counseling, marriage counseling. And one of the first observations that the aggrieved spouse makes is, I always thought that if there was infidelity the marriage would be over. I couldn't live with someone who broke my trust. I couldn't live with someone that I had to wonder about if it was going to happen again. And they are surprised at their desire to heal these things. They, they are shocked because they, they were so sure that if this would ever happen... That that was it. It was over. But then they came face-to-face with the reality of, as Mary said, there are children here now. And in some respects, we got to do what we can to salvage this for the children. There is a history there. Maybe they've had a 15, 16, 18-year history. There are... Obvious complications involved in terms of, okay, now am I going to be a single parent? Or in the case of perhaps the guy, am I going to be a weekend parent? All of these things become realities. As opposed to the abstract, which was, I could never forgive the person. I could never feel secure anymore. I would have a broken trust that could never be repaired. But they find out. Our priest used to say, when he would counsel folks in situations like that, he used to say, when you made your vow before God and witnesses, you said, for better or worse. Did you not mean that? Did you say that Okay, Uh, for better or worse, up to a point. Now, I know there are those of you listening who are saying, yeah, it happened once, but then it happened again. How many times did you put up with it, Dr. Ray? It's true. It is true. At some point, you have to decide uh, whether there would be separation of bed and board for safety purposes, for financial purposes. The church permits that. But I had a situation once in a very long-standing marriage where there were multiple adulterous relationships on the side of one of the spouses. Multiple. And they came to light. And they were in my office. And the other spouse, even though the children were grown, the other spouse said, "I, I don't want to end this marriage. Now, there are those who would say, well, you're foolish. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? Now, that's an extreme, but it's not unusual. I will say this. It is not unusual for someone who is attempting to heal a marriage after infidelity to have their friends or their family who are somehow aware of this look at them like you're an idiot. Something is wrong with you for persevering in this marriage. And they will tell me how alone they oftentimes feel. That they're being so heavily critiqued for being a big dummy, for attempting to forgive and heal the marriage. Don't do that if someone is trying to heal their marriage don't make them feel like a fool for trying to do that by the way i just realized that's a good one for instagram isn't it a good one for instagram 877-573-7825 before i go to the break and then before i go back to your phone calls ewtn it's coming up real fast now it's a week and a half ewtn down in birmingham we will be taping four episodes of Living Right with Dr. Ray, the TV show, now in its 14th season. Yeah, I, I, I get nervous looking back on those first shows because, like, who's the kid? So given that, uh, if you'd like to be in the audience in Birmingham, those of you in the Birmingham affiliate area or those of you in the uh, Quest, the, the uh, big Atlanta station there, we'd love to have you. would love to have you. The audience is slowly trickling upwards, but we need at least 40 to 50 people. And that's what we would hope to have. The more in the more, better. Sometimes we'll get 70, 80, 90, even 100, 150. That's great. But would like to be part of that. You go to EWTN.com forward slash DR Ray live. Forward slash EWTN.com forward slash DR Ray live. And you can sign up for one, two, three, or four. They are being taped on uh, January 16th. It's a Tuesday. 9, 1030, 1, 230. You can come for one, you can come for two, you can come for all of them. And if you get bored with me, you can take a look around the EWTN grounds. Wonderful stuff. You can kill two birds with one stone. You can get your face on TV, and then you can you can see EWTN. And I don't really care if you want to go because you want to see EWTN. I think that's wonderful. But maybe I'll piggyback on top of your desire. So thank you very much for considering it.
5: Teresa
4: Tomio. So when you see these different media outlets working directly in conjunction or conclusion with the government to suppress stories, what does that say to us about the reliability or lack thereof of the secondary media? And then this is combined with a report that came out, a survey that was done on media executives. They interviewed 75 media leaders around the country and they're saying we're done with objectivity. Well that's not exactly a news flash. But the fact that they're claiming that objectivity is just no longer necessary and we are elitists, we know better, and this is what we're going to do, is frightening. And this is one of the reasons that we stress the importance of having outlets such as The Register and EWTN News Nightly and The World Over and Catholic News Agency and EWTN News In Depth. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio,
5: Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio.
7: Sin creates a proclivity to sin, the Catholic Catechism teaches. It develops vice by repetition of the same wrong act. Thus, sin tends to reinforce and reproduce itself. Vice can be linked to the capital sins, which are called capital because they can engender other sins and other vices. The capital sins are pride, avarice, envy, wrath, lust, gluttony, and sloth. Sin is a personal act, but we can also be responsible for the sins of others under certain conditions. Sin can make men accomplices of one another, the Catechism warns, causing concupiscence, violence, and injustice to reign among them. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
1: Dr. Ray Green, doing a show full boring, uh, full bore, full bore. Boy, what happens when you add an ing? Real nice to have you with me. All right, let us get to your questions. Roseanne, hi, Roseanne.
2: Hi, Dr. Ray, how are you?
1: Nothing gaining on me that I know of.
2: Good, good, good.
1: I think we can solve your problem rather easily.
2: Good. Why I, is it, I hope so, because yeah, I feel why is it awkward. Conf, why
1: is it confusing you? Yeah, why are you feeling awkward?
2: Well, okay, so there are these two couples coming. They're both Baptists. One doesn't drink. One couple, they don't touch a drop of alcohol at all. The other ones do, because I know that. They've been to my house before. But in deference to the other couple they won't they told me that they're going to not drink and that leaves just me at the dinner table wanting to have wine and i don't know if that's rude to the to the couple who doesn't drink or if i should just go with it because i don't believe there's anything wrong with alcohol
1: why would you have a hard time not drinking wine if you know that both of them are are uh, wanting no wine why would why would that be a problem just say oh okay i won't either
2: Okay, so you're saying no? It's not a problem. I, are you suggesting that I not drink wine? Sure. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: You think right. about this. So you, you, think, yeah. Even if, even if the other couple, the one who says no, we're, we really, we're really uncomfortable around alcohol. Okay, all right, I got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other couple said, "Ah, we don't care. Alcohol, no alcohol. It's okay with us. We're coming anyway, right?" Yep. Oh, you're in a you're in an easy situation. Just I won't
2: drink it either. Okay. Are these your friends? All right. Um, well, the one couple are good friends, the ones who do drink. I didn't know that there was any problem with it. The other couple I know slightly. They're more like acquaintances. But they did me a favor, and I'm paying them back. I I invited them. And that's why I, think, I didn't know they didn't drink. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's always, I think it's always uh,
1: safe to more or less uh, compromise something like that uh, for them. Okay. Now you you could okay. you could say well you know I don't think it's fair that I can't drink wine just because you don't yeah you could do that but I think no uh,
2: it, it wasn't that not a matter of fairness it was just like I have to say it was more like uh, to um, make the point that there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing wrong with alcohol <laughs> and you know Jesus drank wine and why don't you and maybe that's not the right way to do it so. That was my point, without actually saying
1: it. I think that would just be a sweet thing for you to do,
2: you know. Okay,
1: And then, you know what you do? Toward the end of the meal, you look at the couple who's not drinking and say, are you getting ready to leave because because we want to have some wine later? (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Roseanne, thanks for the call, dear. I'll I'll talk to you. Thank you. All righty. Bye. All right, this is good. Chris disagrees with me, but it's interesting. She disagrees with me because I think she misunderstands what I was saying. But that's what I'll hide behind. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris.
8: Hi, first-time caller. Oh, thank you. Love your program.
1: I appreciate that.
8: Um, Married for 30 years. Um, I found out um, 20 years, well, about 15 years ago that he's been cheating um the whole marriage yeah and then 10 Yow. years ago i found out he was having sex with men and women is that something you would handle different with counseling
1: well here's the thing one of the the point i was making chris in counseling is when they when they both came in and said all right we want to save our marriage in a case like yours, it sounds like he doesn't want to save the marriage.
8: Right, right.
1: Is he out of the I picture? I went through
8: two years. Uh, pardon me?
1: Is he out of the picture?
8: No, we are still legally married, um, but we live in separate homes, separate lives. Um, there's too much real estate. And I'm 60, and he's 62. So, well, And the- we get along as friends now. Um, but we're still legally married, but we've lived apart for over 10 years.
1: Well, the other thing too, and I think the church would look at this, the church would say, if it's pretty clear that he's going to continue doing what he's doing, that puts you at risk. Your physical health would be at risk for what he could bring home.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's what I was worried about 10 years ago when he moved out, um... And so we we're still legally married, but we live separate lives, separate homes. Um, but there's lots of real estate, and we just assume um, not go through all the divorce to separate things. We have two grown kids. Um, I'm I, I belong to several um, blogs on cheating and social media, and um, I don't think. I think if a man cheats once, doesn't want to get help, doesn't want to go to counseling, is a a devout Catholic, um, there's no reason to stay, because no matter what age the kids are, they know something's wrong. They know there's tension in the marriage, tension in the house, um, and I'm a retired principal. So... I I have seen... Um, Chris, I
1: have seen... um Spouses, one spouse, come in by themselves and say, mm-hmm. my spouse doesn't want to come in for counseling, even even after all that. Mm-hmm. And they say, I want to save this marriage yeah. for whatever the reason. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, will you work with me to help me get over these feelings of betrayal, these feelings of uh, getting ripped off because my spouse won't come into counseling uh, what whatever it is they're struggling with, because they don't want to dump the marriage, and the spouse doesn't either. But for whatever the reason, the spouse is saying, "Look, let's just move forward. I don't want to go to counseling." So they decide, okay, well, I'll take those terms. I've had, had I have had that happen.
8: What are with your parents? Parents that go to counseling either together or separate. What is the percentage of those couples that actually work through it and are married happily? It's low. I mean, I don't think it's that big, personally.
1: It's low. That's what I said. It's low. Um, because yeah, typically, okay. Okay. typically they come in and the adulterous relationship is a response. Uh, some of them think it's justified to the miserable marriage. I'm miserable, I found somebody that I am happy with, and therefore that's the direction I'm going to go in because you're so miserable to live with that uh, that happens a lot. So the marriage was in big trouble to begin with. If the marriage wasn't in big trouble to begin with, and this was something that is a shock, completely out of the blue kind of shock, then there's more of a chance that the healing will take place. Chris, thank you so much for the call. This is Dr. A.
6: Christ is the answer, with Father John Ricardo. I tell oftentimes an experience that I had at Divine Child, when I was a young priest, one year ordained, first time I ever really saw the power of the Blessed Sacrament. And we simply exposed the Blessed Sacrament at the end of Mass one night. I encouraged people, I said, you know what, we've been in the habit of praying over people after Mass. I said, we're not going to do that this week. I'm just going to invite people to come on up and pray if they want to pray. And I put the Blessed Sacrament on the altar, I kneeled down, as I kneeled down, the church is in the sanctuary the whole church and as I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the people there and I'm looking at Jesus under the appearance of bread there I saw the Lord standing on the altar and he's just standing there looking out at all the people and then at a certain point he turned towards me and he just bowed and he says don't you see how easy this is you don't have to do anything you just have to put me out you put me out and I will work
0: The Heart of the Interior Life, with Elizabeth Jangle.
5: In St. Ignatius of Loyola's Fourth Rule for the Discernment of Spirits, he teaches that one of the aspects of spiritual desolation is, as he describes it, movement to low and earthly things. This aspect of spiritual desolation is the contrary to what a soul experiences in spiritual consolation. In spiritual consolation, we experience an upward call to heavenly things. The contrary is true in spiritual desolation there will be a downward pull towards low and earthly things. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, Persons in spiritual desolation, on the contrary, feel no attraction to prayer and to God's service, but are drawn toward lower and more earthly things. Identifying and understanding this downward pull as from the enemy and then rejecting it enables greater freedom from the empty promises of spiritual desolation.
0: For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.
1: I don't know. I got to watch myself sometimes. I'm uh, working in an office with uh, another fellow who is a psychologist. And we're just, uh, we just met, we met in the hallway. And he said to me he said, "How you doing?" And I thought to myself, "I wonder what he means by that." So I think I got to I got to settle myself down here. Kay uh, K is K is ill. No, 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 I'm, oh, Kay from Illinois, I-L. Okay, got it, got it. Hi, Kay, how are (laughs) you?
3: Hi, very well, thanks. Great show. Thank you. Um, My question, uh, situation is, um, mom just passed away, large family, Um, my siblings, we have 11 in our family. Um, they're, they range from 50 to almost 70 years old. Everything's going well, dividing up things, except for we can't locate the missing photographs, family photographs. Um, we all assume one person has them, the same person, but they're denying it, and we don't know how to get them. We just want copies, and so... <laughs> how can we go about uh getting the pictures from this person we assume has them
1: how how denying are they denying like you're crazy you don't know what you're talking um, about i don't have them i've never seen them leave me alone
3: okay at first he said oh yes i have them oh. and that was pr- it, she she's passed away a couple of years ago so this is probably a couple of years ago he said Oh yes, I have them. But then since then, it's oh no, I don't have them.
6: <laughs> oh.
1: So you're you're so you're you're taking it to mean he changed his mind that he in fact has them. You're not taking it to mean he was mistaken when he thought he had them and now he's correcting it.
3: Um he just I think he just changed his mind. Yes. He knew he had, we think he knows he has them all along and is trying to, you know, play like he's in control of us.
1: Has he had a history of doing that?
3: Um, yes.
1: If you'd say, Probably so. of, of all 11 siblings, he is the one that we are least surprised would do something like this. Correct. That's okay. right. Everybody has approached him or just you?
3: Um several, several, yeah. uh, probably half of us have uh, um yeah. Um,
1: they all got to they all got to be reacting differently, right? Some of them are just shrugging their shoulders and some of them are getting mad.
3: Oh, most of us are pretty upset. Very okay. it, it it's been a huge bone of contention uh Ever since Mom passed, is
1: he going to write you he, guys off if you keep <laughs> if you keep uh, pushing it? He going to write you off? hes going to say get out of my life?
3: Um, possibly.
8: Yeah.
3: But we're 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 more more interested in getting the pictures to share with our children and grandchildren than you know whatever he says.
1: He flat out denies. I don't have them, you are wrong, leave me alone.
3: That's what he has, but his uh, grandchildren have told us that they've seen him in his house. (laughs) So, we kind of have some inside stories, too. Yeah.
1: But nobody knows quite where they are.
3: Um, Well, we assume they're in his upstairs bedroom that his grandchildren aren't allowed to go into, but they do anyway. Anyway, well, is there um, I, I something we this is, do? I'm going to get in
1: trouble for this, but I suppose you could say to the grandkids, hey, give us the pictures.
3: Well, they're little. They're like oh. kindergarten, nah. little, nah. first grade. Yeah. Um, is there something we could say to him? Um, we've asked him if we could just come and scan him, if he could, he can keep them, but he doesn't even want us to do that.
1: Can you Um, have, do you have any idea why he's being so inveterate about this?
3: Um, not really. I mean, he's always been kind of possessive.
1: Is is he resentful to you guys and he feels he's the black sheep of the family and you people have never really given him his due and uh, you have your own little cliques and I'm always on the outside. Is it one of those?
3: Yes, I, I do agree that there was some of that. Um, he, yeah, kind of is probably always made to feel like he wasn't quite as good as the rest of us, maybe. That, I hate to say that, but that's probably true.
1: He's got to have some motive for being so totally uncooperative. If you're asking me, Kay, is there any way you can convince him? I s- how, many, how many times, if you could count... Do you think you or the other siblings have approached him?
3: Um, probably a dozen at least. Whoa!
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's the same story yeah. every time. I don't, I, him. I don't have them. I don't have them. I don't have them. I don't have them. That's all he says. I don't have them. He doesn't say correct, I have them, but you're not getting them.
3: I, I have. When we have gone through the house, I've even given him an out to put them back in the house. Like I've said, okay, we haven't gone up in the attic to go through maybe a few boxes that might be there. Um, Hopefully the pictures are there, you know, and then we walk out and leave and maybe plan another day, another month to come back and work on the house. Um, You know, I've given him an out to come back and put them up in the attic next time and say, oh, look what I found, but that's never happened either.
1: Let me speculate a bit. Do you think his attitude is, you people have always gotten your way. You people have always kind of had uh, mom and dad, and you're all one big happy group, and you don't realize that I've been unhappy, and I've always kind of felt on the outs, and so you're really not going to bully me into giving you these. I I do
3: believe that's a big element, yes. Hmm. I
1: do. All right. Well, you got two options. It's, one, you you let it go because he's not going to give them to you. Or two, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you going you, to do? You're going to rob his house? What are you going to do?
3: Uh, one brother's talked about going to his bedroom window and knocking on the window and um, like in uh, the wee uh, hours of the morning till he comes out and we uh, all are there and. We're coming in, and I said, "No, we can't do that."
1: <laughs> well, if you did do something that forceful, huh? you know, basically that's gonna that's gonna explode things.
3: Right, right. No, that's that was yeah, not for real, I guess.
1: So my final question is this: There may be some of your siblings who can say, "Well, there's nothing we can do. He's he's got his own emotional reasons for for shutting us out of these pictures." But there are other siblings who say, we're not letting him get away with that.
3: Correct. Um, he has probably shared a few with two or three that are close to him. Um, but the rest of us are so angry that, uh, yeah, he's I'm not sharing with us, of course. and And that's the bad thing, too. When you start giving them away to certain people, then nobody can scan all of them in and share with everybody.
1: Well, here's the one thing you can probably do to make a final run at this. Decide which two siblings he likes. Which two siblings he gets along with and he doesn't have hidden resentment stored. Have them go and, and basically plead. Say, please, we're not, we're not trying to bully you into doing this. We just, we just want to have these pictures for the grandkids. And maybe those two siblings can soften him. Okay. You know, you the those of you who are angry about this, back off, because he's mm-hmm. he's probably going to say you're not going to push me into this. But the ones that he's he's soft towards, and he's already given a couple to have them go say Here, here's our reasoning, here's our thinking, and nobody's nobody's angry at you. We just we want to do this. You keep the originals. We just like to make copies of this. Maybe he'll uh-huh. soften.
3: Okay, that sounds good. Sounds like you know, a good plan.
1: You know, okay, it's interesting when the final matriarch or patriarch of the family passes away. So very, very often, you get these rifts among one or more of the siblings. I've had that. I've seen that over and over and over again. It's mm-hmm. it's sad. It's sad. Thank you for the call, dear. Good luck now.
0: Alrighty, my dear. This is Dr. A. I'll be back. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro life and pro family values. Long term investors could invest in the no load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. 60 Seconds with Father Mitch Pacwa. Take a look at our website, EWTN.com, and the old programs. I've so far gone through the uh, encyclicals on Jesus, which is Redemptor Hominis, on God the Father, Divas and Misericordia, and on the Holy Spirit, Dominum et Vivificantem. also the one on the Gospel of Life, Evangelium Vitae, and the one on Radum Torus Mater, Mother of the Redeemer. So I've gone through five of those, and you can get those off of our website. Uh, again, the website is www.ewtn.com, and then when you go to libraries, what you can do is go to the audio library, and the audio library will have uh, the uh, old programs. You can; They're all there, and you can just access them that way. May God bless you the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hello, Steve Ray here.
6: Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the
7: scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting
1: and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Last few minutes of my spending time with you. Thank you very much for whatever time you spent with me. Appreciate that. Let's uh, go to Matt from uh, North Carolina. Hello, Matt. Hey Dr. Ray, what you got going on?
6: So, uh, all right, let's let's go back. About nine months ago, me and my wife separated. She she moved out. Um, we share our kids fifty fifty, and I don't want any part of this situation. Um, she's telling people that the Catholic Church. We're both Catholic. She's going out telling people the Catholic Church uh, has told her, go ahead, get the divorce. You're good to go. And, um, I don't believe her (laughs) we had our problems, but the Catholic church isn't going to tell somebody, you know, like you were talking about the separations fine and everything, but, um, we have two small children and I still love my wife very much. Um, and I'm being told the opposite. My, my priest, are telling me, you know, this—you got to fight for your marriage. Don't, don't give up. You know, you don't want to participate in even the divorce if it gets to that point.
1: Do you know why um, she wants the divorce, Matt?
6: Oh, we had a rough time. We had a very rough time. Uh, I'd say for about two years. You know, we have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. We—I deployed. Um, I came home. Things were getting bad we were going to counseling. I was, I was on a bunch of, um, mental health, you know, drugs that I actually took myself off of because I was trying anything I could to help figure all this out and nothing was working. Um, we weren't going to faith-based counseling. I'll tell you that much. Um, the counselors were just kind of staring at us the whole time and bringing up the same issues from the weeks prior. Her counselor was telling, uh, you know, kind of demonizing me. I went to a couple sessions with just her personal counselor. Um, but since then, you know, it, it was just a really hard time we were going through. I was yelling a lot. I was, you know, that it was just a really difficult time. And I'm still fighting for our marriage. She's very resentful. I am sus- suspecting that she's dating and she's called my kids a couple of times and she was dressed up really nice and heading to a hockey game. And typically, um, you know, girls don't go to hockey games together. And she wouldn't. when my daughter asked which one of her friends she was, you know, girlfriend she was with, she said, Oh, I'm with one of my friends. And, you know, mm-hmm. kind of gave it away. Mm-hmm. I would forgive her for anything. If she's dating, I've stayed chess the entire time. Um, But she's agreed to go to counseling with one of the parishioners at my church, who is also a a counselor, therapist.
1: Okay, Um, here's man. I'm going to run out of time, um, so I want to give you a few thoughts here. Okay, sure. In a situation where you absolutely do not want this marriage to fall apart, but she more or less is saying, I can't live with you because you're miserable, she holds all the cards. She holds all the cards. Yeah. So in counseling you say to the counselor I want to do what I need to do to keep this marriage together. I'm not going to ask my wife to change anything. I will change. If you go into that counseling with the attitude of, well, you know, I'll meet her halfway, but she needs to do this and she needs to do oh, that yeah. and I'm not If you do that, she'll just say, "Look, I forget it, I'm out of here." Because she already yeah. has, if your yeah. suspicions are correct, she already has somebody. So yeah. if, if you're going to try to save your marriage, you say, I, I will do whatever I need to do regarding what she's asking of me, what she thinks I need to change. I will do that. I won't argue. I'm not going to argue about it. I'm not going to say, well, you know, but no, if you do that, you're you're probably going to, the counseling will just fail. Even, even though you say, the well, Dr. Are- well, that right. Go ahead. You got about twenty seconds, so I'll let you, I'll let you go there, Matt. Go yeah,
6: ahead. the hard part is I put myself through the rigor since we've split up. I've I've put myself through so much counseling, psychotherapy, and anytime I tell her about it, she's she thinks I'm bragging and she gets really irritated about. Well,
1: it. Well, she's she's <laughs> she's hearing you say, "Hey, I'm I'm pulling myself together, and you're not." That's what she's hearing you say. So, that's my thoughts there, Matt. Good luck to you, my friend. This is Doctor Ray. Got to run. Tomorrow, look back Friday. Thanks, Andrew Kruchak, Eric Dumont, all of you. Appreciate the company.
0: Walk with God. He will never get rid of you. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.